0: What we talking about, Indianapolis, AFC South, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, topics, loaded like offense, Colt-centric, talking about it often, Stampede Blue, let's air it out, fly route, let's air it out, do it big. Welcome for back nothing. to the Stampede Co-centric, Blue podcast, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, uh, Thank now you guys for coming jazz, back and Martin hanging South. out South. tonight. Um, AFC, trying to get these back right on YouTube South. South. a little bit more often. That ben is all like on my shoulders. That's my fault. But I see that you guys have had plenty of requests for these, and we'll make sure that we're doing that a little bit more often. Try to maybe do a couple, maybe even you know three a week, and kind of just maybe do these with as many of our podcasts as we throw out. But... At any rate, uh, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about what the Colts got going on uh, coming in. If you guys missed the podcast, which was not uh, up here on YouTube uh, earlier in the week, went through some film review from the week eight matchup with the Eagles from the Jaguars, kind of breaking down some of their tendencies and so on and so forth. Uh, But tonight we're going to go through some news, uh, hit on some PFF grades, look at the injury report, stuff like that. And uh, kind of get a little bit, you know, just a, a, a quick overview, I guess you could say, of what uh, maybe what to expect as far as health for the upcoming game. Should be a good game. I mean, it really should be a good game. You've got the Colts offense that is, is right now, in my opinion, one of the premier offenses in the league, despite the wide receiver depth uh, that they don't have. Um, you've got, uh, probably one of the best passing defenses, if not, I mean, whether they're like a top two or three team in, in the league right now, passing defense, They're average against the run, uh, the Colts defense is going to go up against, you know, kind of a, a hit and miss offense there with the Jaguars. So it is in Indianapolis. It, it should be a fun game to go see. I, I mean, if you're going to be able to get it, see it live, it's always a fun game with the Jaguars for some reason. Um, if not, it's definitely going to be a good game to watch. So, uh, make sure you guys are checking that out. Should be a good game. Uh, just in general. And when you get the matchups there, you got the Colts, good offense against the Jaguars, good defense. Then you've got, you know, the Colts, uh, very, very bend don't break, but an opportunistic defense against a very up and down and, uh, you know, a very inconsistent and difficult to read offense. I guess you could say they've got the possibility of being a fairly decent team, But at the same time, are a fairly decent offense. But at the same time, they could completely suck it up. The Colts could kill them on that side of the ball. So uh, first and foremost, the Colts' Week 12 game against the Dolphins has been flexed to an afternoon game, uh, 425, I believe. I don't think it's 405. I think it's 425 in Week 12. Now, why is that? It kind of makes me wonder. I mean, why that is myself because look, the Dolphins have been putting Osweiler out there on the field, but the Colts maybe the Colts are the draw on this. I mean, the Dolphins have had a pretty solid season so far, but I think that I really think that the Colts offense is the draw on this, and I think that it's really interesting to see this, especially in a Week 12. Now, I, I I am not. Super familiar with these flex rules, and I kind of thought that it was too late in the season for them to flex these games. Obviously, I've been proven wrong, that's totally fine because I think it's a smart thing to do. Uh, I, however, hate it because I love the one o'clock games for some reason. I like it when the Colts are in prime time, I don't like the results of it. The Colts just never seem to play great outside of that one o'clock window. So, for me, in terms of hoping that the Colts can pull out a victory in this game. It, to me, it's kind of bittersweet. I like the afternoon games in general because there's only a couple good ones usually or they're better ones than they are uh, with the one o'clock windows and the one, one o'clock slate. But at the same time, I'm kind of hoping to see you know, the Colts actually play really well. And I don't know that it matters for them. It's just one of those things that you notice as a fan that the Colts don't typically play great you know, in those windows. So um, let's move on and uh, the Colts today had three guys, I'm sorry, uh, had four guys that did not practice today. Uh, Ryan Hewitt, Mike Mitchell, uh, Eric Swoop, and Kamiko Ture. Now, uh, five of them did not practice yesterday. Gethers, Hewitt, Mitchell, Ridgeway, and Swope. None of those guys practiced yesterday, but everybody else, Grant, Hairston, Hooker, uh, Mack, Kamiko Ture, Turban; Those guys were all limited. Braden Smith was full practice the past two days. That's good news. Um, but Ture did not practice today, something with a neck. So that's not good. You don't want to see that. Cause I think, honestly, I think that the Colts really need Ture in this game. We, when I watched the film and you saw what happened, uh, with the tackles there for the Jaguars, they are very, very, very beatable if they've got a speed rusher off the edge. Now, they're not, they're not necessarily a bad matchup in terms of physicality because their tackles could handle are more than likely, but his speed there is going to be absolutely critical, in my opinion, for the Colts to get some pressure from the outside off the edge. I think that they're going to have to push a lot of it in the inside, but they're going to have to set up their tackles and possibly take some of those inside routes. I think this is, he is, in my opinion, very, very uh, – definitely a, a – a person that the Colts need to have healthy and have to have out there on the field for them. Um, when you look at Gathers, he was a full participant today. That's great. It's great to see Son Ridgeway uh, back out on the field as a, as a full participant too. It just seems like we haven't seen much from him this year, little hits and misses, but he's been out, you know, several weeks and, and just to see him back is a big in, in my my opinion, is a big help because the Colts need that. One of the good things is we don't see Autry, you know, on on this, and the Colts really need this defensive line to really get back. Now, we possibly have another week to wait, I think, for Taequann Lewis, in my opinion, to really get on the field and such. That is going to be a big help for the Colts as well. But just in general, you know, I hate seeing Swope out. I hate seeing Mike Mitchell out because Mike Mitchell has been fantastic for the most part for the Colts. It is nice, though, to see Braden Smith, like I said. It's also really nice to see that uh, Clayton Gathers is, is back out there. That's always a big help. And Malik Hooker is back, finally. So, I mean, that's nice. The Colts even coming off their bye, though, have a lot of guys on the injury report right now, and that sucks, you know, in my opinion. So let's look at the Jaguars right now. Uh, they've got a couple guys that are out uh at least uh that are pertinent you know AJ Bouye he even said you know the other day that he was not going to be playing this week and they said that that was news apparently to their coach but he has not practiced this week so that is a pretty clear indication also Quentin Meeks with his knee he is out that's two corners Meeks filled in you know cuz they've been pretty beat up on the on the outside there in the secondary and and that i think that that is going to be beneficial for the Colts obviously the Colts need it the Colts need these wide receivers to actually get something out of this week. On the other hand, you've got guys like Eli Anko, which none of us know <laughs> who he is, but maybe he's he's solid, who knows. But there, there are a bunch of guys uh, that were limited for, uh, for them today. Fournette was full participant, though. DJ Hayden was a full participant uh, as well. So, you know, you kind of look at that and you think with Fournette finally back, they could have a trio back there with Hyde, Fournette, and with Yeldon, and that could spell some danger for the Colts. But it's not the running. The Colts' running game, uh, run defense, is not one of their strengths. So, whether or not they run, I don't think that's going to beat the Colts, especially when you've got an offense that's averaging, you know, well over thirty points in the past several games. Uh, the big thing right there for the Colts is that they've got to be able to manage the passing game. They've got to get to Blake Bortles. They've got to be able to stop the pass in order for them to win. I mean, just it absolutely has to happen. If the running game for the Jaguars is on point, the Colts are in real trouble. If those other aspects are working and on uh, and are clicking for for the Jaguars, so. Um, pretty interesting when you look at it right now, of course, we've still got Friday to worry about. We'll hope to see some of these Colts back on the field, you know, in the next couple days or in the next day, it wouldn't be nice to see Hewitt and Mitchell, not so much Hewitt, but he's a pretty, he's been much better than when he initially got here in terms of a blocking tight end. And the Colts are going to need that as well, especially with the defensive front that the Jaguars have the, uh, the Colts really are going to need that extra protector in my opinion and they're going to need it from the interior as well this week the Colts offensive line is going to have a major 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 challenge when they face up against these guys because these are four guys that uh you know they and they've got a bit of a platoon there and there's several guys once they line up they're rushing four and they're effective as just four rushers so that's something that the Colts definitely have to keep their eyes on going into this game but uh let's take a quick break and uh talk to you guys about Tick Pick Got a great deal for you guys. It's an amazing app called TickPick. If you've got something else, toss it. Uh, It's an amazing app to buy tickets to any game, concert, or other event. If you're looking for tickets to this week's game and you want to know exactly what you're going to pay for those tickets, that's what I want, honestly, then TickPick and their amazing and simple app is right up your alley. The TickPick app is extremely easy to use, and best of all, there are absolutely no surprises at checkout. Listen, you find the game, find the seats you want, and you're all set think StubHub without any fees, zero fees. You get the same tickets, same seller, but absolutely zero fees. You save 10 to 15% on every ticket order and get this. For our listeners, they're offering you an amazing offer of $15 off any single order over $99 through uh, November 30th. All you have to do is enter Stampede15 as your gift code at checkout. This isn't a sign-up offer either, so if you've already got the app, you're eligible, you can do it, but it's got to be $99 or more than $99 for the tickets. Not only do I use TickPick, but I approached them and wanted to get the word out about this company because it was so stinking easy, and nobody likes to find the seats they want, then get that smack in the face at checkout of another $35 to $50 in fees being added. I'll never use another app again for tickets. It's a very user-friendly app, and you get the same great tickets with lightning-quick ticket transfers. Remember, that's TickPick, and use the gift code STAMPEDE15 to save yourself $15 on any order over $99 through November 30th. Go to TickPick and take advantage of this excellent offer today, 100% verified Colts tickets without any fees. So make sure you guys are doing that. Let's talk about the Colts pro pro football focus grades heading into week 10. Okay. So we've got a week 10 matchup with the Jaguars. The Colts have, um, you know, a lot going for them right now. Let's see where they're at according to Pro Football Focus. Looking at uh, quarterbacks, obviously Andrew Luck sitting at 11th right now, right behind Carson Wentz at an 83.7. Andy Dalton's ahead of them too. That's kind of interesting. Matt Ryan right behind him, as well as Russell Wilson, Deshaun Watson, and Cam Newton. Um, And if you guys are watching Thursday Night Football right now, you're seeing Cam Newton probably drop even further in this. But uh, an 83.7 grade here for Andrew Luck, 11th overall. you got to love that. I think that he's probably higher than that. That's just my opinion. Um, Andrew Luck is one of the best, I mean, absolute best quarterbacks in the NFL. I don't think that you can actually say, not reasonably, in my opinion, that there are a bunch of quarterbacks ahead of him. He is on point this year, and it has been absolutely phenomenal. So um, let's see here. Some For some reason, this is starting to get all jacked up. I don't know what's going on here. Let's try this again and get over to the running backs. I still think you like Andrew Luck at 11, though, don't you? What's going on here? Okay, Pro Football Focus doesn't want to work right now. That's not fun. All right. Can we start over here? Pro Football Focus? Thank you. All right. Now, looking at the Col- at the Colts uh, at the running back position now we've got Naheem Hines and Marlon Mack back to back here at 20th and 21st according to these guys. A 73.1 grade for Marlon Mack, 72.4 for Hines. Uh, initially in this season we saw Naheem Hines being, you know, kind of the um not not the token, you know, kind of gadget guy, but he was just more used as a weapon, wasn't really a great running back. Last few games, he's been fantastic as a running back, as an actual running back toting the ball. So that's been a huge help for the Colts this year so far. Uh you'd like to see Marlon Mack being, you know, that strong, speedy, uh with good vision finally. I mean, that's one of the things that we really struggled to see with Marlon Mack. And, and why wasn't he seeing the holes? Why wasn't he following the obvious play? And he's not doing that now. He is hitting it. He's hitting it hard. He's fast. He's agile. He's got great side-to-side speed, one cut and upfield. And, he's and I mean, his, his, uh, his stats are definitely showing it. So it's nice to see what they've got there. Uh, the backfield right now for the Colts looks legit. We're going to have to see if it can continue, though. That offensive line, like I said, is going to have a major, major, uh, major challenge this week. And if they can can get that running game going, Andrew Luck's going to take care of the rest. So looking at the wide receiver core, right now T.Y. Hilton is the top Colts wide receiver, and he's 55th overall with a 67.9 grade. This is something that the Colts need to get from T.Y. Hilton this year. He's got Andrew Luck. He needs to be more of a playmaker. He's got to be more involved in the offense, and I don't know that that's necessarily going to happen because Andrew Luck is literally hitting eight and nine guys every single game. I don't necessarily, excuse me, <coughs> think that it's that T.Y. Hilton's not getting open. I think that it's T.Y. Hilton simply being a piece of the puzzle right now. Um, he's going to get over the top eventually. On somebody not having A.J. Bouye this week for the Jaguars is a huge, huge help. So we're going to have to see how that pans out, but T.Y. Hilton's going to rise a little bit in this. I think T.Y. Hilton's still one of the best receivers in the NFL. I think that it's hard to really argue he's a number one right now, to be quite honest with you. He is like a top number two. But, I mean, I don't put a lot of stock into these PFF grades, or at least not a ton. It's fun for me to see kind of where they've got them ranked. But when you look at the whole thing, all inclusively, you have to see – that T.Y. Hilton is probably a number two in the NFL right now. Do the Colts need a number one right now? I don't know if that's the case either because you've got Andrew Luck, like I said, spreading the ball around between running backs, tight ends, and wide receivers. This is a more efficient offense the way that it's being run right now. But you do eventually need to have that one guy that you can constantly count on to not only go over the top but run all the stick routes, run everything across the field. And for the most part, that is T.Y. Hilton. Just lately, this year, it doesn't seem like that's really his calling. So uh, we're going to have to see. I don't necessarily think i take him out of the number one wide receiver group. I just think that this year he's playing more like a number two. And I think that that's somewhat a product of the offense as well. So don't kill me for that. Um, Ryan Grant, he's at 61st overall with a 65.7 grade. I like the way that he's come in this year and has played pretty well. The Colts have to stop with the drops, though the Colt and he's not like a, one of the biggest issues I don't think I just think that the Colts receiving core as a whole has had way too many drops they're one of the top five in the league in drops so far I think it's like a 5.3 percent that is way too high the Colts cannot have that and expect to be successful every week lately we haven't seen much of it that's a good thing that's going to continue to help the Colts move forward um, Chester rogers excuse me at 87 overall with a 60.4 grade um you know Chester has had I expected him to have a better year this year and it's just not really uh become you know he's just not become the guy that I thought he could he's had the opportunities to he's dropped some big balls especially uh in the end zone but he's just not taken that leap uh Zach Pascal actually 108th overall with a 54.8 grade and I think that that's nice to see four of the Colts in the top 110. Now, does that mean anything the top 110? Probably not. But you've got four guys that are all ranked and ranked, you know, well, and that have contributed. That's why there's four of them in there is because Andrew Luck has spread the ball around. He's gotten them attempts. They've gotten enough to get these grades on here. So let's move over to the tight ends. Jack Doyle is at number eight overall uh, with a 74.5 grade. you got to love that. Jack Doyle back. Jack Doyle playing pretty good football, and he's a big piece to this offense. He's a big help in the running game. He's a big help with chipping on edge rushers, and he's a big help in the receiving game. He's not that speedy guy. The Colts have got some of that, not with air, er- not with uh, not with Doyle though this year. Obviously, his timeout has been kind of a, a one of the neg- one of the negative points on the season, but he's back it's going to be nice to have him. you got that doubling up, and you've got that, and then you get a little more T.Y. Hilton, then you get a little more this and that, and then you help the running game. So uh, moving on down, Eric Ebron is at 21st overall with a 68.2 grade. He has been one of the best free agent signings, I think, uh, this year, and I think that he might even be one of the better and, and top free agent signings of the nfl year to be honest with you he's helped the colts quite a bit he had some dropping problems too but i really think that you can look at him and see how effective that he has made this colts offense especially when you have that lack of wide receiver kind of oomph you know what i mean that's one of the bigger things that the colts have to figure out can they keep the ball in their hands can they spread the ball around And can they be effective once they've got the ball? So far, so good. We're going to see how it continues. Moving over to tackle, Braden Smith, top tackle for the Colts right now. Isn't that crazy? 19th overall with a 73.1 grade. Uh, He's been phenomenal in my opinion. I, I think that he's been fantastic. I told you it was a big deal that he's back, and I think that it is a big deal that he's back. He's been a big help for the Colts. He has stepped in. Like, nobody really thought that he would. I didn't. I mean, I thought that he would probably move into guard if he got any reps this year at all. But obviously, with the tackle situation being that it, what it was, you know, he stepped in, man. And he really played. He's really played hard and really played well. Him and Glowinski, man, it just—we're going to talk about him. I think he probably ranked fairly high as well, or has a good a good score because he's been he's been really good. The Raven Clark is at twenty-nine overall with a sixty-eight point eight grade. I mean, that's just with what they've had so far. You know, he hasn't played a bunch lately, so take from that what you will. Forty-fifth overall is Anthony Costanzo with a sixty-four point five grade. You've got to like how important he has been to the Colts coming back. Since he's come back, the Colts offensive line has been fantastic. And, you know, you had Quentin Nelson, you had Ryan Kelly all playing well, you had Matt Slauson playing well. So the Colts interior of the offensive line was really good. You had the tackle issues and everything else. Now you've got the bookend there, you've got the rookie and Smith, and they're just all meshing really well right now. And it's really fun to watch. We finally see what a real offensive line looks like. And it, it's not something that I think that too many people expected. I don't think that even once we said, oh, I think that they're going to play pretty well together, and even after the first couple games that they played pretty well together, that's not something that anybody expected for this to continue. It, 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 it looks consistent. That's what I'm saying. it They don't only have now the continuity, but they this group, has the chemistry. I've told you guys so many times how much I value chemistry over continuity. I don't care if those guys have played together for two years. If they suck, they suck. But once you get that group that has that chemistry, then you keep them together. You do everything you can to keep that group together. I don't care if Glowinski has one bad game. You keep them together until he proves he doesn't deserve to play on that line. Same thing with Smith and anybody else. You keep that group together because they've got chemistry. They're showing it every single week. Look at this. Looking at the guards now. Moving over. Mark Lewinsky, number four in the guards, 78.2. That's nuts. None of you, none of you, and don't lie, knew who Mark Lewinsky was before the season. None of us, including me, thought that Mark Lewinsky was going to be any good. He has been fantastic, obviously. I did not think you... I thought he might be in the top maybe 50, I did not think he would be number four. Uh, just a fun little note here, Austin Blythe, a guy that Chris Ballard got rid of as soon as he came into the building, he's number two in the guards. That would have been a big help if they had just hung on to him, I think, as well. Um, undrafted guy? I think he was an undrafted guy out of Iowa. Uh, that's pretty impressive as well. So looking looking at that, that could have been you know a mistake. Not Not that anybody could have foreseen that. But that's something that uh, the Colts could have had now, even more depth, you know, if they'd have kept him cheap, super cheap. Uh, but Mark Lewinsky tearing it up, killing it in the guards. Quentin Nelson, 16th overall. He has continually stepped up his game each week. And let's be fair Mark Lewinsky's being graded, and, and a lot of these guys are, to be quite honest with you, are being graded on a much smaller scale because of their playing time. Mike Person, another former Colt. He's number 8th overall. So, I mean, you're seeing a lot of guys who used to be in the building playing really well right now. Um, But Quentin Nelson, he has continued to move up the ranks. 76.4 in pass protection, 65.8 against the run. And he has been a huge help. And he's a rookie. And he's fantastic. So, uh, we also saw, you know, Matt Slauson, obviously. He's still in the top 25, even from what he played uh, before he got hurt. So the Colts have had some really good offensive line play. Let's look over at the centers. Ryan Kelly, he's number six overall, guys, 76.5. That is fantastic. Right behind Alex Mack. I mean, th- th- I mean, some of these guys you don't even know. Rodney Hudson for Oakland, nobody would ever guess that. He's number two overall. So Ryan Kelly's played great. You guys are seeing this. Look, I mean, Nelson, Golinski, Kelly, Braden Smith, all in the top 10-15 like, of their position, that tells you something. That tells you that not only are they meshing well and they're playing well and they've got the right chemistry, but they're damn good, all of them. So that's really fun to watch. Uh, moving over to the cornerbacks. Now this is a bit of a different story for the Colts uh, just in terms of the unit itself. But the Colts still have some really good pieces here, I think. I do think this is a place where the Colts need to address in the draft, obviously, get a nice, you know, where, I don't know. But they've got to find the right guy. You know what I'm saying? I'm not trying to say first, second, third round. They've just got to find the right guy. Uh, Right now, the highest uh, on the Indianapolis Colts is Pierre Dessert. He's at 19th overall with a 74.8 grade. Kenny Moore's 27th right now with a 72. And those two guys are kind of the two I was talking about in terms of how well they've played. You know, Dessert has come on. He's gotten his hands on several balls. Kenny Moore is so good at mirroring receivers. If you guys watch him, you'll see that even when he's playing, you know, one of their top receivers, if they come into a man or he's got to come across the, the field on a crossing pattern, he is mirroring those receivers really, really well. And he's making plays, even if they're several inches taller than him. Kenny Moore is a guy that's going to stick around, especially with Ballard in charge, because Ballard loves him, and you'll see him, you're seeing why. He may not break the ball up a ton, but nobody's getting a whole lot of extra yards on Kenny Moore <laughs> after the catch. That's just a fact. That is not happening very much, and you love to see that, especially when he does get an opportunity to knock the ball away. All the way down at 99 overall is Nate Harrison with a 51.1 grade, he has been a bit of, I mean, kind of a disappointment this year. I wouldn't necessarily say um, a major disappointment. But on the other hand, he hasn't really, you know, kind of stepped up his game, which I expected him to do. I expected him to rise this year and be a big-time player, and he really hasn't. But um, looking at the safeties now, uh, the Colts have uh, the number 11 safety in the NFL, according to Pro Football Focus, and that is Malik Hooker with an 80 overall grade. I am anxious to see him back. I really am. Because I think that Malik Hooker is probably one of the top ten safeties in the NFL. We just haven't seen him really get challenged enough to, to really see a ton of results. He's done really well. I mean, he's broken up a few passes. He's been pretty good in run support. I'm not killing the guy. I think Malik Hooker is going to be great this year still. And he will be in the future. Uh, number 62 overall is Clayton Gethers 60.9 grade and you know Gethers has been kind of hit and miss this year but he's been important against the run and with Matthias Farley being out and some of the other issues that they've had the Colts really need you know some more help and Mike Mitchell coming back soon hopefully would be a big help because he's been fantastic uh Moving over to the linebackers, the Colts' maniac, Darius Leonard. He is tied for number three overall with Zach Brown with an 82.3 grade. He has been phenomenal. I mean, just tackles after tackles, just racking them up. But he's a smart player, and he's done really stinking well as far as I'm concerned in terms of how he's played, how he moves within this defensive scheme, uh, how he rushes the passer, how he plays when he drops back into coverage. I think he's an excellent player, and I think the Colts are just loving him. I mean, who isn't, right? I mean, you look at him, and he is so consistent every week. He is tearing it up. Uh, now all the way down at 51, Anthony Walker was really far up there. Wow. Must not have got enough sleep last night, uh, earlier in the season. And he was like at, in the top 10 as well, but Anthony Walker, man, he's been, I think he's been really good. I do not agree with this grade whatsoever. It's a 58.6 all the way down at 51st overall. He hasn't been perfect. Don't get me wrong. But like I've said to you guys several times, he has been a guy who has stopped ball, uh, stopped players once they've caught the ball, almost in their tracks. That's really important. He's not getting out of position. He's making some tackles for loss. I don't know really what they expect from him, but I hate that grade. I mean, that's, right now, that's one that I hate the most, I think. I can get with all the you know the wide receivers being low because they're spreading the ball around. That's all fine and dandy. But that grade sucks, in my opinion. So... Uh, we're going to move on. Let's go over to the interior uh, defensive lineman. Now, the Colts had a bunch of guys in the top, you know, 20, 30, 40 guys uh, of this earlier in the season. That is not the case right now. I mean, this defensive line needs a real influx of help. And all the way down at 64th overall is the Colts' first defensive lineman, Marcus Hunt. He was fantastic at the beginning of the year. He's t- I mean, because they- they've taken, you know, kind of like a, a back seat right now they're not pressuring the quarterback very much it's just not it's just not working really re- well right now the Colts really need to get this underway and this is a perfect game for them to do this I mean the Colts really need to dominate up front on the defensive line this week big time and and that includes getting pressure on the quarterback so 66.5 grade for Marcus Hunt I think that he is probably going to – I just don't see him as being a guy who can last the whole year, Up, I mean, and, and be super influential. I just don't see that. Al Woods is down at 87th overall with a 60.3 grade. Grover Stewart at 94 with a 57.3. And, you know, that's that's about it. We're not seeing, uh, you know, uh, Danico Autry in here anymore. He's not getting enough snaps really, to be quite honest but he needs to play, you know, really well. A lot of these guys need to really step up and get after it. And we're going to have to see, you know, kind of what happens with that. But they've got Danico Autry actually in the edges, which, you know, is even sillier. And I guess technically, if you want to call him a defensive end, that's fine. But he does kick down. Uh, Danico Autry's at 17th overall with a 78.6 grade. Um, I've I mean, there for a while, he was around the ball all the time. He's a guy who really needs to step up though, in my opinion. I'm even going to say that I disagree with his grade just because of the past few games. He's knocked, He he should not be that high, in my opinion. Uh, Jabal Sheard, he's at 34th. He's come down too. I can get with this. Uh, 73.1 grade overall. I don't know about the grade, but if we're looking at, at strictly rank, I, I think that that's about you know fairly accurate in that way. So, uh, al Muhammad is all the way at 62.2. Kamoko Ture 73rd overall with a 60.4. Like I said, I think he is critical in this matchup to get some real speed off the edge for the Colts. It is going to be definitely a challenge, but the Colts have enough off the edge. They've got enough on the interior. And I think that they can really kind of take this offensive line from the Jaguars and, and put, put some hurting on them to be quite honest with you. So Um, That's what we've got for the pro football focus grades. Like to see a lot of these guys that are in the top uh, of their, uh, excuse me, the top of their, uh, their position. And it's nice to see that they're actually earning it right now. So uh, that's always a big plus. A lot of the Colts fans have a lot of confidence in what this team is doing right now. And in my opinion, rightly so. If you're watching the offense And if you're watching the playmaking ability of the defense, you've got to be excited. This is a team that is definitely going to be rising over the next year or two. This is definitely a team that is going to be showing You know what are the guys who are rookies this year, second-year guys next year, going to be doing. What's that third class, that, that, that 2017 class, what are they going to actually put up on the board this year uh, going into next year? And what is the next year's rookie class going to be? This is going to be a fun team to watch for the next several years. If they can continue to keep Andrew Luck healthy, if they can continue to keep this offensive line together and cohesive, And if they can continue to build and bring in playmakers on the defensive side of the ball and they can get some production from the guys who are here, this Colts team is going to be a blast to watch. I already love watching them play uh, this year, but it's just not consistent enough. But I think that we are definitely seeing the flowers budding for this group. So this is a fun team to watch. In terms of the game coming up this Sunday, I've got the Colts winning. I mean, I don't, like I told you guys earlier in the week, I don't typically pick the Colts to win, uh, just because it just, like I said, it feels like bad juju, but I think the Colts win this and I think they win it handily. And I think that I picked them like by seven or eight, uh, the other day. And I'm going to stick with that. I don't even know what the line is. I don't care. I think the Colts have, this It is going to be a good game. And the Jaguars defensively could turn this game on its head. But I'm right now. I'm definitely believing what Andrew Luck has been doing. Frank Reich has been calling some great games, and the defense continues to make plays. They can continue to do that, and if they once they have a, I mean, we saw earlier in the season that they were putting like excellent games together all, all, all game long, shutting the running game down to about forty or fifty yards per game. You know, not making some plays on the ball and keeping this, you know, opposing offenses kind of on their heels and, and making some, you know, plays uh, by getting pressure and sacking the quarterback. If they can do that, man, they can absolutely dominate a game. If they can't, then they've got to rely on their playmaking ability and try to get something done that way. Either way, I think they've got enough. And when you, kind of mix that in with what the Colts have right now. I think that you're in good shape. I think that the Colts win this. And like I said, I kind of think that they win it going away. Um, It might be a close game all the way up until the end. I'm still going to have the Colts up by a full touchdown for sure. So um, that's where I'm at. I'm curious to kind of see what you guys uh, think is, is set for this game. So uh, if you guys are commenting on YouTube or just whatever, comment and, and tell me what you guys have this game at. Be realistic, you know. Don't no Colts by fourteen, none of that crap. I mean, that's all possible and stuff like that but be realistic with your thing with your uh predictions if you want but fill up the the comments on there i love seeing those and thank you guys all for the comments on youtube by the way thank you for the the kind words and stuff that i'm I'm glad that you guys are enjoying the shows thank you guys for all the ratings and reviews on the podcast on itunes those help a ton they are boosting it they are helping it out make sure you guys are listening to Stephen holder the horseshoes with Stephen holder uh, up here on the stampede blue podcast network make sure that Let's you guys are right getting the Stampede Blue. Right for all your Indianapolis Colts news and analysis. Yeah. This is Matt Daneley. I'm signing off. Thank you guys. We'll talk to you next time right here on the Colts Cast. Stampede Blue. Hello. Check it out. And if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. Hello, I'm Neelai Patel, the editor in chief of The Verge and host of Decoder, a business podcast where I interview CEOs about big ideas, the problems that come from those ideas, and how they make decisions. It is also surprisingly about org charts, it comes up a lot. New episodes of Decoder are out on Tuesday, and the Centennial series is out on Thursdays. Check it out. We think you're really going to like it. You can get it wherever you get your podcasts. Most of the time, we talk about tech in terms of a handful of gigantic companies like Google, Meta, and Apple. Every Monday, our friend Ashley Escada will be curating and hosting these interviews and sharing with us what she's learned. I can't believe the McRib locator was originally a tornado locator. Right. <laughs> Pretty wild. Listen to our solo acts mini-series now in the VergeCast feed, anywhere you find podcasts.